What's going on, friends? Welcome to another episode of The Genius Life. I'm your host, Max Lugavere, filmmaker, health and science journalist, and the author of the New York Times best-selling book, Genius Foods. In this episode, I'm so excited to introduce you guys to my good friends, Samantha and Aileen, of the wildly popular blog and Instagram account, Betches. They also are the hosts of the podcast Diet Starts Tomorrow, which I had the privilege to be on just a few weeks ago. These two girls are hilarious, and the conversation that we have is no different. I really hope you listen to the end of this episode, where we're going to discuss, among many things, how Samantha and Aileen went from writing a private blog to running a thriving business with millions of followers and subscribers. Forbes estimates that in 2017, Betches pulled in a whopping $5 million, which is a lot more than I made in 2000. So I'm super excited to hear the details of how they were able to architect this not only thriving business, but one that they both have a lot of fun running. You're going to discover the three health secrets that they've learned after dozens of interviews with best-selling authors and industry experts. You're going to understand why you're more likely to feel creative at home versus in the office. We're going to discuss the truth about healthy labeled products like chickpea pasta. What is the deal with that stuff? And how much salt you should really be using in your cooking and more. I got to tell you, this is one of my favorite episodes that I've taped to date on The Genius Life. Just because the girls are so much fun to be around. So I'm excited for you to listen to it. But before we get there, I have a question for you. Do you enjoy delicious beverages that don't contain very many calories and make you feel great? Well, if you do, then you should definitely consider checking out Four Sigmatic, which is the sponsor of this episode of the podcast. Four Sigmatic makes a delicious line of organic coffees infused with blends of medicinal mushrooms, including cordyceps, reishi, and chaga. These mushrooms all possess adaptogenic qualities, which, as I've discussed on past episodes of the podcast, sort of act like a vaccine against stress. Now, these mushrooms obviously are not going to be able to prevent stressful life events from happening, but what they will do, at least theoretically, is help your body better cope with the physiological response to those stressful events. On top of that, each mushroom that Four Sigmatic uses in their formulations has a bonus superpower, which uh, ranges from helping potentially improve uh, cognitive function, which is the case for lion's mane, demonstrated in a small trial on patients with mild cognitive impairment, to help uh, mellow you out, which is the claim made for the reishi mushroom. It's sort of like yoga in a cup. Many of their products have zero calories and um, are sweetened with stevia. So they are Genius Foods approved. And um, if you want to check them out, go to foursigmatic.com max or use promo code max and you'll save 15% off of everything on the site. And they have bulk options uh, so that you can save even more money. And you know what they say, a penny saved is a penny earned. So enjoy that. Check them out. Tell them Max sent you. Now, before we get to my hilarious chat with uh, Samantha and Aileen from Betches, I'd really appreciate if you guys would support this podcast by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. That really helps the show rise up the ranks. And also, I would massively appreciate it if you guys would help spread the word by sharing this episode on social media. Like literally right now, take a screen grab and upload it to your stories, leave a little comment, and if you tag me and I see it, I promise I will uh, reshare it on my stories. The other thing that you guys can do is go to maxlugavere.com and join my newsletter. And when you do that, you're going to get a free PDF of 11 supplements that you can use to optimize your brain function. On top of that, every week or so, you're going to get an email straight to your inbox with at least one way that you can improve your life, whether it's through a product that I recommend checking out or a book review or 
uh, most of the time it's going to be scientific research that um, I break down and make actionable for you. So again, you can go to maxlugavir.com, join my newsletter, and that would be much appreciated. All right, guys. Well, this is definitely one of my favorite episodes. The girls from Betches are adorable. They're so funny. And we cover a lot of different topics. So again, I definitely recommend listening all the way through. And uh, after the episode, check out Betches on Instagram or Diet Starts Tomorrow. Their Instagram feeds are as funny as they are. And yeah, that's all I got. All right, guys. Without further ado, here's the show. What are your thoughts on Are we on recording? We are. He said yeah. Oh. Bonza pasta? Yeah, like chickpea pasta. You know, if, I, if I'm if i having like a pasta craving, um, I'll go for it. But yeah, you know, it's not, I wouldn't consider it like a health food. But I, uh, you know, once every other month, if I'm craving a pasta dish. That's I'll what like, I'm saying. It's not really like healthy. I know it's not healthy. The only things that are healthy are lettuce and like <laughs> radish. <laughs> Just and pain. Yeah. pain. Tomatoes, <laughs> carrots, avocados, kale. Do you guys eat that stuff? What's your, What are your diets like? That's That's honestly like... It changes every five seconds. (laughs) Yeah. It's an Um, up and down journey for us. Lately, it's been more healthy, but... Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to just cut processed things out. That's good. That's smart. Because that's really my downfall. Yeah. It's like the sugar, the carbs. Yeah. Yeah. I I find that like most diets, because that's one of the first things that they have you do, Mm -hmm. uh, most people will end up feeling better when they begin any new diet, dietary plan. Yeah. Mine was like I was just eating so much takeout for a while and I I was I need to get off of this. And so then I just decided to just cut it clean and just eat really clean for a little bit. And then now I'm figuring out like how to still not order out, but even the healthy stuff. So then I started ordering out like healthy salads and whatever. I was like, no, I need to cook. Yeah. Well, since reading Genius Foods, I'm not all the way done, but. Like realizing how bad restaurants are. Oh man! Wait, say that into the mic. Oh, wait, are, are we, we really recording? We're recording. I don't oh, want to miss a, a gem it. like oh, that. Oh, I thought you were gonna do an intro. I typically I do like intros after the you know like after the fact uh. because I because I usually um, will say what listeners can expect in this conversation and I don't know yet what listeners can expect to uh. get from this conversation. Well, okay. Something I learned from your from one of your episodes, the one with the advertising guy, Craig. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That. That honestly changed my like approach to, to marketing and to thinking about how to like talk about stuff to the to the audience. Oh wow! The thing yeah, that he good. said about like how to make, I mean, first of all, hearing him talk, I thought he was like this well-established old like copywriter. No, he's like young. <laughs> yeah. He's like our yeah. age, yeah, he's pretty age, much. Yeah. And I was just like, wait, like how did this guy? How is this guy so accomplished? So accomplished. And I came in like literally the next day. I was like, okay, this is how we have to talk <laughs> about things. We have to tell everyone what they're going to get from us rather than being like swipe up. Yeah. Read this article. It's like people need to know what they're going to be getting out of it so that they can. Yeah. They can have an incentive. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm trying to find the episode that was, but that was Craig Clemens on the, on the show. Episode number 20. The hidden secret to getting everything you want. Yeah, he's right a, he's with a, a title like that. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's like any book. <laughs> he's a genius, but that's cool that that episode resonated with you. Oh yeah, it really did. But back to what we were saying about food. Since reading parts of Genius Foods, I'm not done yet. But realizing that you really can't trust like any restaurant or anything that's Nothing. like mass produced, I've been much more into like making things in my home. That's awesome. Just I'm trying to do that. Yeah. It's hard. It takes a long ass time to cut all the vegetables for a salad. It's so hard. Oh, that's you yeah. get the salad chopper. 
Okay, but even if you have the salad chopper, no, no, you no. have to like. You don't. You can throw like. There, I've discovered this thing. My soon-to-be mother-in-law buys this. Like, has this like salad. It's like from this company called Trudeau. This isn't an ad. It's like, <laughs> a, it's like a scissor. But for but that will cut in through anything. Like you throw baby carrots in, it'll just chop it up. You throw like a full chicken breast in there, it'll chop it up. Like I'm telling you, it's not like it's, there's no joke, and you can make salad in three seconds. Wow, that's cool. You yeah. a giant purple cabbage. Well, it won't yeah. fit. You it needs right. to fit in like in the scissor. The diameter is that the right word? Um, whatever of the scissor that it can chop. But like, sure, cut the cabbage once and then. Okay. I buy. Do you guys buy like pre? triple washed like yes. leaves I, I do that yeah. i'm so grateful to be at a place in my life where i can like just buy salad in a box yeah. oh my gosh i if, if i buy salad like accidentally uh, i don't know why i would do it accidentally but if i do like just out from like the the pretty misty the green <laughs> section i i can't i will like what am i supposed to do with this <laughs> I, don't, I don't own a salad spinner do you guys own salad spinners no no that's like a thing that you like a, an appliance my, that people huge. have in their kitchens and yeah. we live in the city we can't there's nowhere to store that exactly it's, gigantic. Exactly. it's like the size of this table <laughs> oh is it really <laughs> no but like it's a quarter size of this table it's like a giant bowl and then my mom used to have it and i would i, I would be in charge of spinning salads <laughs> when i was younger and it still didn't do anything it like yeah. it just spin it's like a centrifuge for lettuce that's what it is Right, but what what is it supposed to do? Make the dressing even? No, no. What does it do? It uh, you wash your leaves and then you put the set the leaves in the spinner and then it's how you dry the leaves. Oh, it, like, it's a centrifuge. It spins and then all the water like comes off and then there's like it's like a double. I've like always double been bowl. buying pre-wash. Like, yes, yeah, right, right, right for me to right right for me to get myself to do it. Oh yeah. God, we're, we're so spoiled. But I think I think it's a good. I mean, like Trader Joe's. I go to Trader Joe's. They have yeah. it in bags now. It's pre-triple washed. Yeah. Um, I have a question about Trader Joe's. Is it is it is it cheap or is it healthy? Like, because it's it's inexpensive because yeah. it's like they they have their own manufacturers, right? It's like at cost, kind of. Yeah. But not really. But it, it, that's what they say. But is it actually healthy stuff? Like I'm not. Which I, stuff? All the, tr the Trader Joe's like, like any, brands. Anything. I give their labels the benefit of the doubt. Like if it says that it's organic, grass fed, washed, yeah. I usually will believe okay. it. Yeah. What about like their chocolate? Like is that like <laughs> is that healthier? Grass fed chocolate. Is it, is it you grass know? Grass fed. Like yeah, grass fed no. bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I um I go for their chocolate. I think it's you know I think it's great that uh it doesn't cost a lot and that it's yeah. accessible. And um, I, certainly I know people that are snobs and they only shop at Whole Foods or in LA we have Erewhon. Do you guys know Erewhon? Oh my God, I've heard no, a but lot about Erewhon. Yeah. What is the hype with Erewhon? So Erewhon is basically a cathedral to the Whole Foods movement. Oh my God. It's, uh, which sounds really obnoxious, right? Sounds and it's, fun. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it sounds fun. It's super fun. I'm picturing like the limelight building. Yeah. It's basically, that's that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Yeah. Oh, really? It's like, um, no, I mean, it doesn't look like that, but it's, it's essentially like this super high-end, super overpriced place where, you know, they were the first place that you would find kombucha, like yeah. commercially available kombucha and adaptogenic herbs and mushrooms at the tonic bar and things mm. like that. So it's just like really ahead of the curve and um, ridiculously overpriced at times, but super high quality stuff with the exception of their hot foods bar, which many people that actually go to Erewhon don't realize this, but many of their hot foods are cooked in grapeseed oil, which I consider to be not a poison. Poison. Yeah. Poison. I mean, maybe not poison, but very <laughs> unhealthy. So why do people make such a big deal about it? Why do they talk about it like it's Woodstock? It's just, it's, it is one step higher than Whole Foods in terms of 
like the brands that you're going to find there there are these much smaller brands that have not yet penetrated the whole foods and they're expensive at market cost, so, yeah, yeah they're expensive at cost because they haven't been able to scale mm-hmm. these smaller brands so i mean that's that's part of what you're paying for when you go to to Erewhon, access to these smaller brands um and uh the, the quality of food at the hot foods bar usually all the beef is going to be well actually i know this all the beef is going to be or, uh, organic and grass-fed at the hot food bar at the hot food bar at whole foods that's not the case um the only problem I would say with uh, Erewhon is that they still cook many of their foods in grapeseed oil, which is actually, I would say, probably worse than the canola oil that they use at, at Whole Foods. Have you ever thought of letting them know? <laughs> well, we've tried. Me and my my good friend Crosby, who listeners of the show are gonna uh, be familiar with, we've we've tried, but they don't they don't listen. Erewhon, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah, if you're listening, yeah. Erewhon, enough. Get rid of the grapeseed oil. You guys can certainly afford to, right? You know, use extra virgin. We well, can just raise our prices a little. It doesn't seem like anyone would notice. Oh my god, everyone totally. would still go. Totally. I don't think Whole Foods is that expensive anymore because of Amazon, though. Yeah. Fair. It's, it's actually gotten a little not. bit, yeah. I mean, I do use my like little coupon. Like, I have my code and it's <laughs> 10 cents off. <laughs> it's not, you're not saving a lot, but. No, um, but I think they they have decreased their prices. So yeah. I like Whole Foods. You're like the, the snobs. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's just like not that many places to it's shop. Me. Like, it's like Fairway, Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, Costco, yeah. which I get on Instacart. Yeah. <laughs> or shop online like Amazon. Right. Uh, ButcherBox. I'm a big fan of ButcherBox. Um, Thrive. I don't really shop from Thrive Market, but yeah, Amazon. I get a lot of my stuff from Amazon. Um, How do you yeah. like learn about different brands? Because I feel like I always with you know when you get more into like the wellness space yeah. of Instagram, you see all these really weird brands. But like growing up, I feel like I only just had like the Kellogg's. standard brands. <laughs> like, That's yeah, yeah, like all the mass-produced crap. Like that was always like what I ate. But now there's so many little. Oh, like you get flower from these people and like everyone's very gung-ho about their brands like i found this brand like how do you even get into that it's a good question i mean i think one of the things that i've always enjoyed doing is going to new especially when i travel going to the natural food market in whatever city i'm in and just kind of putting my headphones on and exploring i mean it's probably a a nerdy way to spend your time but i really enjoy it (laughs) it lets me find out about new brands i look at all you know all the offerings um and also i think instagram it's one of the you know, ways in which Instagram has been really helpful in terms of getting the word out about these smaller brands aligning with. Yeah. There is that like coconut yogurt that like blew up on Instagram. It sounds so funny to say that coconut yogurt that blew up on Instagram, but it's like this super coconut cult. It's like this super, another non ad. It's, (laughs) it's a super like probiotic. Like I I bought it. It It's so stupid. It's so expensive. (laughs) I was like, I just spent $30 on one can of yogurt. Oh, ridiculous. I had it shipped to me. It, it tastes so weird, but it's really probiotic. You might as well just take a probiotic. But <laughs> it's um, like a fecal transplant. Yeah, exactly. So, and it tastes weird, but it, I guess it's good. But anyway, Wait. there's like it, it's one of those brands that blew up on Insta. Wow, crazy! I'm not buying again. <laughs> Man, so I want to hear about your guys' backstory. Like, how did you come to launching this media empire, Betches? Because I'm I'm new to it, okay, and I'm so grateful to have been on your guys' podcast, Diet Starts Tomorrow, which is amazing. We had such a great Thank chat. You. But, um, and I've, you know, fans of your guys have reached out to me. They've all heard the episode. It was so great to be on there. But, like, you guys have been doing it for a while, and I'm just now finding out about it. So, yeah. walk me through, like, what's Betches all about, and how do you guys start it? 
So that's a great you sign. You go, Sammy. <laughs> I knew she was going to me. It's a great sign that you're um, that you are just finding out about it because we are always happy to have more people discovering it. But we've actually been around for almost eight years, seven and a half at know. the moment. Wow. <laughs> I feel like we can't. Even, honestly, we've been through so many like iterations and moments of mm-hmm. having this company that it's what it is today is very very different than it was in the beginning, but also similar in some ways. Um, so us and our other our third co-founder Jordana. Were Do you guys just keep her in a closet? Because I've been uh, here two times and I've never. She she's usually recording. She's on the our other uh, great podcast called You Up. Got so it. So she sometimes records like for hours on end. So I don't know where she is right now. <laughs> she's, she's actually going to Iceland. That's where she is right now. Oh wow! Yeah. Amazing. So yeah. not bad. Um, so the three of us actually grew up in the same town. We were friends when we were like ten years old. Um, so that, that's when we met and then we were, you know, friends in middle school, high school, and we actually all ended up going to college together at Cornell and we were living together our senior year and we were honestly just kind of like messing around one night and we we're like, let's start a blog. Um, and we, we always kind of knew that we were funny or had like an interesting perspective on things. Um, and at the time, you know, those like list websites that were very popular, like stuff white people like. Yeah. Okay, so our idea was basically to make that, but for like our population, which is now called the millennial female. At the time, people weren't really calling them that. But we wanted to kind of come up with a a blog for us and the people we knew, um, which we called Betches Love This Site. Um, and the reason we chose Betches was because at the time there was a lot of like this frat hire bro culture, very popular. That was very popular. And there was no real female counterpart that was like out there. Female comedy hadn't really like taken off even at this point. So we just wanted to, you know, write something for ourselves and the people we knew. We ended up writing it. We writing like a few posts, our first and second Mm -hmm. night. Um, we, we were anonymous because we were in college and we thought we were going to get jobs after. It never <laughs> happened. Um, <laughs> we made yeah. our own jobs. Sammy. Yeah, no, right. We have a job. It's just <laughs> not what we thought it would be. Right. Um, and we ended up like showing it to like one friend and she posted it on like her sister's Facebook wall and then it just went like completely viral at the just amongst our school, amongst wow. people like us um, at different colleges. And it, it helped us that we were anonymous because people just kept being like, is this you? Like to their friends, like who's writing this? Like who, who's behind this blog? Is this my best friend? Like I swear to God, you wrote it. Like people all over the country. Like not, we thought we were really writing about like a very small bubble of pe- of us and our friends and like the inside jokes that we say and like our observations. But really, I guess it was super, I mean, I, we know now that it was super relatable and um, that voice helped us continue through and be like get us where we are today. So why do you guys choose to do it anonymously? We really wanted jobs after. Like we didn't <laughs> want to be associated <laughs> with this wow. blog. Also the things <laughs> we were writing about, I mean, even at the time, like the culture was much more conservative even than it is now. Like cursing was like really not, advertisers would not put themselves wow. next to cursing. Um, we were writing about like drugs in a very honest Got way. It. We were writing about like hooking up and drinking. saying things that were... Blacking out, yeah. drinking. Yeah, like things that now the culture is definitely way too PC yeah. to like sustain, but at the time it was very much okay or it was not frowned upon hmm. in the way it, it would be now. Um, and then after we graduated, we got in touch with a book agent who basically said we helped us work on work on a book proposal for our first book and told us that we should like keep making content and so i mean fast forward 
there's lots of other shit that happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, here we are. We've written, this, our third book is coming out in October. It's called When's Happy Hour? Work Hard So You Can Hardly Work. It's like a super funny, lighthearted career book wow. that has a lot of information. So we're making everyone in our company read it and everyone else we hope yeah. reads it too. But um, I think your audience will probably like it because it's, it's very... Um, I mean, it's it, the subject matter is serious. It's careers. It's like how to how we started a business, how to you know handle like men and women in the workforce and that sort of thing. How to like make even basic things like how to make a resume, how to know what you want to do. Um, but we make it pretty funny so that it's like a fun little to read. fun to read. It's quick. We'll definitely send you a copy. Oh, I'm sure <laughs> it's amazing. Now, what? So what? Had you had not started this amazing blog? Um, what were your guys' plans? I mean, was it to be comedy writers? No. Because no. you guys are so God, funny. No. 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 Thanks. What was it? <laughs> Don't tell me like work in finance or something. Okay. Like. Doctor. Doctor. <laughs> I, yeah. What? I like my whole life thought I was going to be a lawyer, but then I like took an LSAT class and I was just like, fuck this. <laughs> this is so boring. Yeah. And then I realized what it really meant to be a lawyer. It wasn't like Elle Woods and Runaway <laughs> Jury. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great movie. Great movie, right? It's Doesn't it make you want to be a lawyer? I love Runaway Jury. <laughs> yeah, you just want to be selecting jury members, yeah. like you know, I doing be that. infiltrating the jury. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's seen that. Right. That literally shaped my desire to be a lawyer. <laughs> like I'm dead serious. Um, but then, so I didn't really know. I thought maybe I would like work in HR. I majored in labor relations, so I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I wanted to be a doctor, a reconstructive plastic surgeon, because I wanted to make money and tell people. <laughs> um, but yeah. At senior year, I got there and I was like, how do I, how do I have burnout now? Like, <laughs> this is all too much. Like, I can't even imagine going to another year. Like, now I have to apply to more school. I also calculated senior year how, many, how much more school I needed. And it was like, what, 12 years? Hmm. Like, no. It's a lot. It's <laughs> so a lot. I, I, was, I was planning to take a year off anyway. I didn't know what I was going to do during it. But um, we happened to start this our senior year. And that, that's why I told my parents I was doing so you knew that quickly. You launched a senior year and you knew that quickly that that's what you were going to do. Well, we didn't know that it would become this, but like we, we lived at home our, for our year after our first year after college to like write the book, work on it. Cause we weren't sure like where this was going to go, if we were going to ever be able to like really monetize in a significant way. Um, and that yeah. probably didn't come for like another three or four years that we really made that decision and started hiring people. And we only just got this office like a year ago. Yeah. Wow. So well, we it, were working out of WeWork's a right. WeWork office before then. But we were like to be like, okay, we'll enter a lease and we'll have like enough employees and we'll plan to keep growing that organization. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was a very, we knew pretty, we knew that we had something worth pursuing that like, it wasn't just going to like kind of fall flat, but that we knew we'd have to keep working on it. Yeah. So, and where, where in the order of things did Instagram come into play? Was that always a, a focus for you guys? So Instagram came out in like 2011, pretty much simultaneously as when we started the, the website, but, and we created the Instagram account very early but yeah people weren't really using instagram or at least our population wasn't really so we didn't really post on it until i remember like two, two years later 13, 2012 like i posted some weird picture and i was like oh wow i posted my first instagram <laughs> i remember like, what it was it was in brooklyn in our first office <laughs> yeah we had this like <laughs> fake office with like where we got some interns all these all these it's really amazing that we we had this like we're this office that we got through a family friend just to work just during had the like summer. A space. He had a space. And so we invited all these, like we, we did this huge intern like program that we didn't realize we were doing. Like there were a lot of people that applied and we like picked 10 and they like flew from like all parts of the country to, to come to New York and do this internship. 
was just like hanging out with us and like writing content all day and just like being fun. And then almost all of them stayed in New York. Like wow. no one moved back to where they were and we're still in touch with so many of them. It's so We've weird. gotten a lot of people to relocate to work here. <laughs> we like have. It's, it's so crazy. Yeah. You're you want to be next? Changing <laughs> lives. Well, you guys actually saw on your Instagram you're currently looking for an intern. Is that is that accurate? We are. We're looking for a Diet Starts Tomorrow intern specifically. <gasps> for your yes. podcast. Yes. For the podcast. We want to grow it, um, build the community out more. We just, we just launched... Um, the Facebook group, so we want to keep people together talking. Yeah, even if it's talking shit, it's fine. We just want it in one place. <laughs> if the per- if you're listening to this and you wanna you wanna intern for Diet Stars tomorrow, where yeah. like where would a listener email or hit you guys up? Jobs at betches Because my listeners yeah. are smart. They're oh, geniuses. Right. We want Genius. right. They're yeah. geniuses. Or, exactly. or DST at betches.com. Yeah. Or they can DM DM us. Got like it. there's a lot of different ways. But nice. we um yeah, we're looking for like people who are like smart and into content and I mean really a lot of the job would be Instagram and like maybe like getting articles for the website, like turning things into articles. Um, but we're also like working we're looking into doing live events next year mm-hmm. and like really build this into a community that you know, it's people have a place to go in person. Yeah. So dope. So yeah. after you guys, you, when you launched, you were talking about your friend group and things like that, you know, the goings on of, of the college life. What are you guys talk about these days? Like what's, what's Betches all about? Yeah. I mean, we also then like, we, we started talking about pop culture more as, you know, as we left college, like we talked about dating, we talked about pop culture. The Bachelor was really, it wasn't as big as it is now. It was, we started writing Bachelor recaps and people, that's how a lot of people found us wow. was through these like real Bachelor recaps. We we didn't even write anything in paragraph form. It was just like one liners, like just ripping yeah. apart the entire franchise <laughs> and yeah. people really liked it. And it was just like the way that we sort of approach everything, which is tell the truth this is what we think this is not what anyone else is saying but yeah so we do that we have pop culture now um we have a lot of dating stuff so we wrote our second book was about dating Hmm. um and and we have a big thing coming out next year that i can't talk about um (laughs) about dating but um you'll know it when you see it yeah so we're we're we're, we have poli- we're, we're um, we've moved into politics. We have a newsletter and a whole vertical on our website, wow. videos, everything. Um, my gosh, what else? We have wellness, obviously. So we're using our Diet Starts Tomorrow podcast as a, I guess, a foray into the wellness vertical in a real way. Oh, so I just, thought you guys were always kind of like wellness. Well, we wrote focused. recipes and stuff like here's how to make this like easy margarita, <laughs> <laughs> but it was never like let's talk about wellness in a real way. Like it's obviously pervading our lives like through Instagram, and is this really what? wellnesses or so we're trying to explore that in honest fashion i guess um what other things do we talk about e-com oh, we have an e-commerce arm called shop betches uh, what else do we talk about i mean it's pretty much like celebrities dating yeah. lifestyle weddings mm-hmm. and engagements are we're trying now. to get into that more now yeah so dope because our audience is growing big. with us yeah it's amazing who came up with diet starts tomorrow the name for the podcast it's, it's amazing I don't remember. I don't remember. I think we came up with it together. We were like brainstorming hard for this. Actually, you know how yeah. I discovered you guys initially was I was with Craig Clemens. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Advertising guy. Yeah. And because uh, he works. <laughs> that, I'm always yeah. going to think that's, of him as advertising be his bio, guy. Advertising guy. We just, I feel like we, I, I just stumbled on it because he's like, he loves a good title. He's like a titler. He's like, yeah. he's like really good at that. And so. Can I call him? <laughs> yeah, give him a call. Um, he, uh, we're just commenting on how much we love like the name. It's so smart. Oh, great! Yeah. Oh, yeah, thank you. That is a huge compliment coming yeah. from the advertising guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we were riffing like via text. We brainstorm a lot via text. Yeah, um, it's always like we we go home 
and yeah. then we have all the thoughts. And yeah. Then- it's always, yeah. We we have some thoughts here, but most of the thoughts happen when we're like home and we're like, fuck, now I have to text this. But it's a great excuse to go home. <laughs> I think that makes sense. You're more re- going to be more relaxed at home. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just sort of sitting there and you're not, there's no, it's not a demanding atmosphere. You're just sitting, you're chilling, you're relaxing, and then ideas come to be. That's how everything creative comes to be you know what i feel like there's a term that i'm going to borrow from aldous huxley do you guys know aldous huxley he's a writer wrote, wrote a lot a of book yeah wrote a book <laughs> wrote a lot about Fahrenheit psychedelics 4051 is that him i uh, no, that's not him it's yeah. a different guy. aldous huxley different wrote guy. a book uh i think his most famous book is called the doors of perception uh-huh. which is basically about how um everyday waking consciousness sort of acts like a reducing valve on the power of the sub the, the subconscious like a reducing valve, basically like the subconscious is kept in a cage during normal everyday, mm-hmm. the normal everyday life. And then you do a bunch of psychedelics. It opens up what are called like the doors of perception and it allows all these different like thoughts to come through. That's like, you know, I don't know if I'm butchering it, but that's basically the core tenet of like what Wait, I understand. What kind of psychedelics like LSD? Yeah. I mean, Aldous <laughs> Huxley famously on his deathbed was fed intravenous LSD while his wife read the Tibetan Book of the Dead to him. It's like wow. a famous thing about Aldous Huxley, which few people know about. Um, which is insane and just kind of tells you a little bit about him and the kinds of topics that he, that he wrote about. But um, I feel that uh, it made me, you know, the, the office environment, I feel like, can act like a reducing valve. Oh, yeah. To yeah. the power of the creative mind, I feel like. Just being For in sure. an environment that's, I mean, you, your office is obviously very creative, but, uh, you know, it's not going to be, you're not going to be as relaxed as you are when you're home. For I sure. think the worst thing is email. It's like this... Oh, email is like kind of the death of me. Like I should be banned from my email other than like an hour a day so that I don't like, cause I don't do anything if I'm like, I've got to answer this, got to answer this. You know, I, yeah. I mean, when we moved into the space, we didn't want it to feel like when somebody comes from their home where they're relaxed to a place where it's stressful. So, I mean, we, people are allowed to work from home. Um, if like they feel, if they feel like if they're creative people, if they're like their job is to be creative, then they can work from home sometimes um and like this is where we create content people are fun we always have fun guests celebrities and so we don't want it to feel like this you know dark cubicle type because that's not also not what our brand is about yeah your brand is fun yeah yeah thank you so you guys have been having fun with diet starts tomorrow (laughs) What are some of the things that you guys have learned about health, wellness, anything? Oh my God, no one knows anything. That, that stands <laughs> yeah. out? <no. laughs> yeah, that's really the biggest thing, that there are no answers. Huh. Like, I mean, there are answers, but there's always a response to some belief that people have about calories like, like today or carbs. We were, today, our topic of discussion, we didn't record just what our topic of discussion in our office was, was like calorie, like weight, specifically weight loss, not just being healthy, like weight loss and like how do you lose weight? And it's not, and not, you know, you, like, the, so we came, does calorie counting actually work? And yes. that's what we were debating about. Right. Well, we weren't even like, I guess we were debating it, but that, that is something that we've, that has come up a lot. Like, do calories matter? Are all calories really equal? Are, can you, is this food bad or is that food bad? Like, and there's obviously just so many different perspectives out there, mm-hmm. whether or not they're legitimate or not the truth is that it's a lot of noise and it's very confusing for people. And I think one of the things that people have responded to really strongly is that no one really seems to have a clear answer. 
of like what helps you yeah yeah of what helps you lose weight and it can be a very confusing and overwhelming because like you go on like i think we've said this before like you go on one diet and you can have this you go on another diet you can't have this but like okay is that food healthy or is it unhealthy yeah there's just there's it's just very confusing there's a lot of information yeah and so there's definitely a confusing factor which we're trying to you know organize in our heads and like help our our audience organize it for them the other thing that i think that came out of it that's very positive is that we both figured out like talking about wellness is definitely a passion Hmm. which from before we didn't really talk about it that much we we like sort of, I feel like our conversations about wellness have, were like an indulgence. Right. And now and, it's work. And now Great. it's work. That's awesome. And so it sort of was just like, oh, what diet are you on? You know, that kind of thing. But now it's kind of fun. And like now we get to use what we talk about on like a platform. Yeah. So I think it's just that. another example about how we've turned the things <laughs> we talk about in our personal lives into the contents of our work. Like we used yeah. to talk, you know, we would talk about celebrities for fun like that's your fun topic but now it's like it's now work i mean some would say you're living the dream you know the true master of living knows no distinction between his work and his play well if you want to learn more about that (laughs) you should pre-order our book when's happy hour oh man i just have to plug that (laughs) i think that my listeners are gonna love the opportunity to pre-order your book um so that's cool so yeah there's a lot of confusion out there yeah what is that kind of the sense that you get from your from your listeners or readers Yes, absolutely. Even if from our listeners who like DM us and like, you should do this. This Weight Watchers works. You know, like uh, you should count your macros. Like every from all parts, F factor, you know, like there's so many different people. And so we're sort of realizing it doesn't really matter what what sort of program you're on as long as it sort of has worked for you and you're able to sustain it. It's just really like finding what works and and I think that a lot of people are a little bit delusional in, in like what their habits actually are. That's what I'm finding about myself. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and just sort of coming to grips with ha- what your habits are and what you actually do versus what you think you do. And I think that's a large part of it that people yeah. don't want to admit. They're always looking for some answer somewhere else. You know, like, oh, I couldn't do this. So let me find the next diet. That's also just not going to work because I'm not willing to admit that I actually drink a lot. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is not coming from experience. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I think is that, that I guess I kind of knew, but now it's really, really clear to me is that most of what's out there for consumers, whether it's a diet mm. book or if it's a food label or if it's something that's claiming to be all natural, organic, whatever, that we as consumers are kind of screwed that there's we're at a huge disadvantage given what's actually out there for us to eat and that is sort of a one of the sources of the confusion yeah um is that that there's not i don't i don't know even how you would solve this problem like i don't know if it'd be like government regulation or or something but for profit food companies right (laughs) yeah maybe like that what's being sold to us is like directly harmful for us and that is hugely disappointing to have like a very clear light shining on it because i feel like i could like very easily lie to myself before and be like oh this thing that says it's healthy like we were talking about bonza pasta earlier like you were saying it's not really health food i'm like oh yeah but it's not pasta it's amazing like i could formerly delude myself into thinking that that's something i could eat every day and still be healthy yeah um, but now I'm like, okay, I know that it's just like another one of those foods that is, you know, yeah. I mean, I love it. I love Bonza pasta, <laughs> but that's, that's what's so upsetting is that it's like, okay, I believed this. Yeah. And it's just, 
I mean, it's definitely healthy relative to a typical pasta. Is it healthy relative to a kale salad? No. No. Is it healthier than like, let's say, homemade pasta that you can eat like in Italy? I mean, (laughs) I really living. No, but living here makes me want to live somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) Makes me want to like my I mean, this would never happen. But like just to have like a little house in the Italian countryside with my own garden and like people to milk cows. And like that would be because then you would just you just be happy with what your surroundings are and like the friends around you. There's no Instagram. It's just like this little like the olden days. Yeah, and you right, have your. My, I have my friends that I love who live in the houses next door to me, and like we just hang out. It's <laughs> like a very elaborate fantasy. <laughs> I know it's a fan, but that's the point. It's a fantasy, and it's like because it's it. Want, I want it to be a, an escape from like where what America has become, like the super consumeristic place, and right. nothing is true. Yeah. <laughs> right, it's hard to it's hard to have that like essential gratitude. Even right. I think in a situation that like we're in, where every you know you're constantly staring at everyone on their Instagram stories, what they're yeah. doing every day. Everyone has accomplishments, and I think and everyone you know, I have the secret answer to losing weight. I have the secret answer to like making your arms perfect. Like there's just you're we're just constantly being bombarded with like these promises and these I don't know illusions. I guess but, of but, everyone else's perfect life that it is also but even I'm not even health. talking about that I just mean like even advertising like I'm sitting on the subway and there's like five different ads just staring my at, at me and I have to read them <laughs> because where else am I gonna look yeah <laughs> like I can't stare at people obviously right. that's weird but that and one thing is pushing another thing and I'm like yeah and they, and they all work they all have to work by making you feel inadequate yeah. which is like the worst part you, totally of all, right Right. Constantly, they're always telling you something that you need. Yeah. And but so I was home. My my our families are originally from Long Island, and I was home this weekend for um, the Jewish holiday. And I was just dr- sort of driving, and it was just greenery. Thank you, you, you as well. Unto you. Um, <laughs> and there's just greenery, and you're just driving, and there's like maybe one ad for like the store that's down the street. Okay, but well, it's not that bad. Okay, well I don't I think where where from is like. I, it's funny no, that I'm you're saying, bringing this up. I'm just up saying it's 10 times better than standing on the subway. Fair. It's already better. Fair about the subway, but like, I okay, it's funny that you're you're comparing the city to the place we grew up. We grew up in a town in Long Island that's like very status-oriented, very flashy, very competitive. Mean, in, yeah. Right. I'm not, I'm not going to school yeah. there right now, right? Right, exactly. So I was actually, it's, fun, it's so funny. I went out to dinner with like a different friend from high school and we were talking about, she was like she's married and like gonna move to the suburbs eventually and she was talking about like how like she doesn't want to like subject her husband to this life where you have to constantly be like chasing things like you have to be the wealthiest person you have to go on the nice vacation every vacation like in order to be adequate and we were both talking about that we're like i don't know i can't like it's it's more about the attitude there than about the amount of money people have even it's like the uh, the value that's assigned to the money you have pretty much but i'm just talking about like the the they're the, the nice green green or like literally I just, greenery makes me happy so that's I why know. i hate the subway you should watch this show on um netflix called the world's most extraordinary homes where they build the homes into the nature like oh wow there's there's different episodes like one's mountain one's forest one's coast and i can't remember the last one but they show these crazy like architectural wonders that are houses what's your favorite episode that i should watch it i only watched <laughs> mountain forest i like forest more okay huh. up to coast greenery <laughs> yeah it's really incredible that's so cool yeah being in nature is so important 
Yeah. I want to check it out. The last thing that I watched on Netflix that really blew my mind was called City in the Sky. And it was about how air travel works, modern commercial aviation. It's a mindfuck. Oh, my God. At any given time, there are thousands of airplanes flying overhead, right? So how is it that these planes, A, you know, schedule their... Yeah. Takeoffs, landings, and you know, traverse the world in a way that doesn't make you know they're yeah. not all colliding constantly overhead. It's just mind blowing. How, how do they stuff. do it? Got to watch the show. Well, so one of the m- more interesting things I've learned is that you would assume that when a, f- a plane is flying from like say New York to Los Angeles, that it flies in a straight line, right? Like the most direct route. It no, it goes on a little arc. Yeah, it goes I on an arc. I watched that flight tracker. Yeah, because there's at any given time, you know, a thousand planes flying, flying from New York to LA. And so yeah. they, they follow what are called waypoints, which are basically, um, you know, these uh, predetermined maps. And um, it's interesting if you actually needed to, uh, like, emergency land in a given city or something, like, I, if I remember correctly, an airplane actually could shave off like an hour from its flight time by actually taking the direct route, like going straight. Like it doesn't have to take that oh, wow. right. curved course. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the, the the New York to LA trip is like six hours. It probably could fly that distance in four and a half hours or something, but it takes a route that's like, so that oh. it can fit within the puzzle of the cityscape in the sky. That's so interesting. It kind of reminds me of this article I read probably like a month ago or something. It was talking about how like one airline, I think it's Emirates, is making like the world's longest flight, which is I think going to be, I don't, I don't remember, something to like somewhere in Southeast Asia. And it's going to be a nonstop flight. And because it's the longest flight, they've never done something like this. They're, they have to basically rethink the way that the flight is like with food, with people getting up and like stretching and moving um, with like all these different things, like how much water they give them, if the foods are water-based versus if they're like salt-based and how it's like completely, because they're doing all these like tests on how like the human body responds to like food while flying and in response to like being sedentary for 24 hours. Yeah. It was really, really interesting. I didn't even like realize that so much thought went into like plain <laughs> food. I thought it was all just like, just, like gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's this gross thing that everyone's oh, going to eat and get excited about. Yeah. <laughs> I've stopped eating plain food. Like yes, pretty yeah. much. Me too. Maybe I'll have a croissant if I'm starving. Cause it's oh, just man. bread. Yeah. I tend to, I tend to fast or I bring, I bring food. I bring avocados. Um, fast. So well, you guys, just you, the guy with the avocado sack, like just like, I do. walking down the aisle, like oh, over God. your shoulder. What do you do with the pit? <laughs> and you're just making the guacamole for people. <laughs> yeah, I, I throw the pit at somebody. I just like you know somebody in first class. <laughs> they deserve it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you guys have interviewed you know a number of experts on your podcast. Um. You guys are you know you don't purport to be like health experts, but you're both really smart. What are I guess like three of the key takeaways amid all of the sort of confusing conversations that are out there in the in the health and wellness sphere? Like, what would you say you've learned that you've then integrated? Number one is processed foods. Yeah. Definitely, like really understanding how bad they are. And I mean, I always said like, oh, I won't eat processed foods, but. Now it's like I, I can actually feel the way the the things that it does to me, mm-hmm. and just really like trying to make. I would say maybe before this, like fifty to seventy five percent of my diet was processed like, like foods. What were you eating? Like just random things, like even like the tortilla you get to mm-hmm. make my fake pizzas, like the the sauce, the cheese, like yeah. I, I don't know if you would consider like I don't know. I was eating a lot of like Ezekiel bread. It's not processed. I don't know. I mean, even like turkey slices from some places. Like Mm -hmm. it's just very. It's pretty much very easy to 
subsist on all processed food. And I feel like probably half to 75% of my diet was processed food. Now I'm trying to bring it down to like, I obviously would like to make it zero, but that's not realistic for me. So I'm trying to make it more like 25 to 35% Hmm. and just increasingly get it lower and like see, I don't know. Now I feel like I can go full days without having something that's processed, which is like, kind of a big deal that's That's awesome that's one thing i think um vegetables i think across the board are the most important thing to eat in large amounts across your day like if you even if you don't get that i mean protein is important but it's okay you don't need as much as people say you do and um just as long as you incorporate vegetables i think to every meal favorites top top five top five vegetables yeah shit (laughs) Putting you on the spot oh now. God, <laughs> avocados. That's not a vegetable. No. Fine, it's fruit. Nice catch. Yeah, that, that was impressive. It's a stone fruit. I know. Yeah. <laughs> with a pit, anything with a seed or a pit is not technically a vegetable. A lot of things that people say are vegetables are actually fruits, and the things that we think of are fruits are like the unhealthy fruits. Yeah. Mm. I love butter lettuce. I know that's weird. Oh, it's like a weird lettuce. I love maybe because it says butter in the name, <laughs> 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 but I love butter lettuce. Um, what's oh, another vegetable? I don't know what your favorite vegetables are. We can make it easier. Top three. What about microgreens? <laughs> really diff- I love those microgreens for whole foods, <laughs> and I add them on top tomatoes? of my shit. Um, nah, I hate slicing the tomatoes. Therefore, I do not like them. Carrots are fine. They're better caramelized. (laughs) 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 Brussels, I I love broccoli. Like if it's made burnt broccoli, that's delicious. Mm. Have you had the burnt broccoli at Hugh Kitchen? It's pretty good. No. Oh, it's good. They like char. You should go there. Do you ever go to ABCV? No. Um, It's like the the ABC, you know, Kitchen, Cochina, their their Mm. vegan restaurant. They give you like a whole roasted cauliflower. So and good. like they make vegetables really fancy basically oh, like up up charge you <laughs> here's a plate of lettuce lettuce market lettuces <laughs> yeah, it's literally called market lettuces 35 dollars please no, no. Like, not 35 fine whatever 20. but anyway it's really good oh god yeah. it really depends on how the, everything is prepared yeah like just eating like a piece of cauliflower you know i find the key to savory delicious vegetable preparation in like when i'm cooking is salt liberally yeah. Salt, garlic, and olive pepper. Oil. But that's yeah, another olive thing. Oil. Olive oil, absolutely. The best broccoli is if you put it, like break it up, put so much olive oil and salt, pepper, and then like on high for 30 minutes, like 400. It's like so perfect. Oh, I'm man. just telling you. But, but that's the other. How much salt is too much salt? You know? Salt to taste. That's what I say. Make it taste good. It's the most important thing. I think everyone has a different like threshold for how much salt they like. The is dangers it? of salt consumption are usually overhyped. And when people do talk about eating too much salt, it's usually from the sodium that comes in packaged processed foods. When it comes to actually seasoning broccoli and Brussels sprouts, right. I'm like, put as much salt as you freaking want okay. on there to make those amazingly healthy foods. Salt. Okay, yeah, is Himalayan pink salt actually worth the hype? Um, I It's not my go-to, but I would say yes. It's it's, it's What's your go-to? I use, uh, and I have no affiliation with them, uh, Redmond Real Salt. It's, okay. Uh, is it's, that sea salt? It's, uh, it's from a dehydrated lake. So, yeah, it is technically sea salt, but most modern sea lake salts. Lake salt. It's like lake <laughs> salt. Yeah. Okay. It's from an underground dehydrated lake. Most sea salts they found are- <laughs> That sounds are, fancy. It sounds <laughs> it's not that fancy. They sell, they sell it everywhere. You can get it online on Amazon. I order okay. it. Um, but most sea salts they found are contaminated with microplastics. They did like <sighs> an around the world sampling of sea salts. No, really? Yeah. 
That's like again, it's we're insane. screwed as consumers. Like, how do you? How are you supposed to know that your innocent little broccoli that you're making but now has thing. plastic in it? Yeah. But your immune system, like our bodies, are able to like withstand certain amounts of bad stuff, right? So yeah. like. So we're eating a little microplastics here and there. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like well, it's not it's not gonna kill us in the end of the day. I mean, I think that you're you're right in the sense that we have these bodies that are incredibly capable yeah. when it comes to defending <laughs> itself, right yeah. against uh, against modern toxins. But the problem is, the modern toxins have become so overwhelming. You know, everything from our food supply to the air that we're breathing to the things that we're putting on our skin. It's just. Uh, Right. To being sedentary and eating too much sugar and, you know, not enough antioxidants in our food supply. It's just, it's an, it's an onslaught. And I don't think our bodies evolved to be able to cope with this degree of, uh, you know, of insult. I read, I read somewhere that even like the, your skin absorbing from like the air is also a lot of toxins. Like us walking down the street in the city yeah. is not that great for us. Yeah. We like, had Dr. Murad, the skincare expert he's a dermatologist and he makes skin products he was on and he said like literally like living in the city adds stress to your skin and makes us look old yeah, yeah. cool gotta move yeah italy gotta move. let's go i'm down i'm down for italy it's like so down i'll make the burrata yeah. <laughs> oh my god yeah Italia. Um, you got one more so we had processed foods eat more vegetables oh sugar the addictiveness Obviously, yeah well i think okay i think everyone sort of knows in their heart of hearts that sugar is addictive refined like additive additive sugar not yeah. not like sugar that comes in fruit right i'm right i mean more like sugar in stuff like pretty much anywhere you get it like like the corn syrup the but even like you go to a bakery and you get a cupcake that's like freshly made it's still yeah right it's just white sugar, sugar. Right. oh I, I sorry not to add a fourth but like all the the fats like dispelling the whole fat thing like plant-based fats are definitely good for you i think that's right something yeah. that we learned like, well i think not grapeseed oil or like yeah, the like the grain like, and seed oils like yeah vegetable like oils. olive oil yeah. that's not vegetable oil isn't technically plant-based is it well it's from a soybean it's plant-based yeah but a bean is a vegetable okay fine <laughs> Avocado, olive oil are like the best too. Yeah. Like you can eat, like have some some regular butter in like tiny moderation, but like eating like the canola and vegetable oil. You want to hear a new way to think about it, which is actually kind of funny. Okay. Yeah. Um, vegetable oils are actually the most toxic, like corn oil, you know, canola. soybean oil, things like that. The healthiest plant-based oils to consume are actually not vegetable oils. They're fruit oils. So olives are fruit, okay. extra virgin olive oil, avocados are fruit, avocado oil, and coconut oil. Oh, coconut. They're all... Wasn't there a whole thing where coconut oil is bad for you? You you wrote something about that on yeah. here. I wouldn't... Uh, my you wrote against yeah. the thing. I'm, a, no, I'm not against it. I just think that like people tend to go nuts over coconut oil, whereas the healthiest no oils are... <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> Good one. Um, extra virgin olive oil close second avocado oil those are the two oils that i would say are the are the top right i think it kind of goes back to this processed this idea of like processed things like if you mm -hmm. stick to just eating look nothing's perfect there's toxins again seeping yeah. into our pores at this very moment yeah but if i think if you really stick to like things that can be found in nature and just like in theory obviously we're not we're going to whole foods or whatever or erewhon who knows <laughs> like we're not literally eating off of a tree but like if you could in theory eat that thing off of a tree or kill the animal and then cook their meat like that is the 
that's really the way you like it should be eating ideally yeah but also it's really hard because and expensive and expensive yeah and i mean it's just like there's not that much sometimes we can't control our lives as much as we want to like we go to work i mean i guess you could bring lunch to work every day but then you have like an event and you're gonna like eat what's at the event and who the hell knows what's in that right yeah usually ultra packaged ultra processed um full of unhealthy oils Mm -hmm. yeah what do you do when you go somewhere and it's like dinner time and you don't have like your natural stuff yeah i'm just like eat this or starve pretty much yeah Um, bag of avocados (laughs) my bag (laughs) (laughs) i carry sardines bring a knife too uh no i what i do if i'm at an event well like so like those hollywood events where they pass around hors d'oeuvres and things like that yeah i usually i skip them i used to eat them but now i'm because the thing is like i just you know it doesn't make me feel good to eat my, my i've cleaned up my diet to a degree that uh when i eat those kinds of foods um i just don't feel good how long did that take you to get to go from like eating like you know the average joe to eating the way you eat now yeah and like what stages did that I've had, uh, there's definitely, there's been a few iterations. I, I've always been health conscious. So for as long as I can remember, I was like doing ketogenic diets in like 1998 before anybody was like talking about this stuff. So like, yeah. Atkins. I, yeah. Yeah. Like Atkins, yeah. but also. Same. Yeah. I, um, man, I, there was a diet that I once did for two weeks where it was literally flaxseed oil and protein powder <laughs> only. Yeah. I do not recommend that diet to anybody. Like for how long? It was just a crash way of, I don't know. I just, I had read about it. I was was like 16 or 17 and I was like not super informed. Yeah. So I did this diet. It was a way of like, you know, losing a lot of fat fast. I read about, you know, and I would not endorse it. Were you overweight as a kid? I wasn't overweight, but I was, uh, I was, um, a computer programmer like growing up. So I just kind of like really was obsessed with the idea that the body is sort of like this hardware that you could upgrade with food and yeah i don't know i was i was a nerd and i was had a lot <laughs> we're of nerds too it's okay yeah and um i just i don't know i was also i did you know i i started to i was an introvert i started to see um results you know in terms of the gym and like you know, I was I was never an athlete, so it just it made me feel really good. It was really good for my mental health. I grew up here here in New York City, and so every winter I would get depressed due to uh, you know yeah. seasonal affective and you know exercise. I just gravitated to it. Made me feel amazing. Um, and then I just started doing reading into the science, and yeah, I mean, I did that that diet for two weeks. But I was at the time really interested in the ketogenic diet, um, supplements, things like that. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So I've like. You know, my diet's changed over the years. Mm-hmm. I definitely um, believed that for a while that the more grains you would eat, the better you, you your health would be. You know, whole grains as being s- this like superfood. Um, you know, the macrobiotic diet includes it. So I would just eat, you know, copious amounts of brown rice. I wouldn't touch anything white. But if you put a basket of whole wheat bread in front of me, I would go to town. Um so I was just eating lots and lots of grains. Every meal had to have a grain. I would eat sandwiches and wraps and things like that. You know, only if it were on whole wheat, 100% yeah. whole wheat, all that stuff. I remember when I thought wraps were healthy. Yeah. <laughs> there, but, that was a whole phase. Like, oh, it's okay. It's a wrap. Yeah. but you're, Oh, you're, it's bread. <laughs> well, you said before, you're totally right. A wrap is a processed food. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, I just realized that all that stuff's <laughs> not food. It's like cattle food at best, but it's really not meant for regular consumption. And I just cut it out and... You know, I've never felt, never felt right. Better. But like most people aren't saying that. Like, 
like all the advertising, all the messages where we're shown, whether it's on social media or TV or whatever it is, no one says like this whole wheat wrap from Whole Foods, yeah. the 365 brand is like, this is crap too. Yeah. Like it looks, it looks like it's healthy. What about those brands that are like, you know, those Siete, Siete wraps that are like almond flour? Yeah. Like from Whole Foods, are they good? That's what I'm, that's what I want to know. Like, there are all these like alternatives that are supposedly no wheat. Yeah. It's just like almond flour or cashew flour or something like that. Those are okay, but they're still made with like, I mean, and I'll eat them. Don't get me wrong. Like yeah. not, not every meal that I eat is perfect, but it's, uh, you know, nor does it have to be. But those wraps, you know, they're still made with like cassava flour, which is a gluten-free grain. It's great. You know, if you have gluten sensitivity, it's a, it's a totally fine way to have a taco and not feel too guilty about it. But it's, it's worth knowing that like cassava flour is still has a very high glycemic index. And if you eat, you know, I mean, I think each, each of those wraps has something like 10, 10 or 15 grams of the stuff. Like it's, it ends up being a pretty high glycemic mm-hmm. load if you eat more than one. So, uh, you know, it's worth paying attention to that a little bit, I guess. Sometimes I'll look at like a healthy food. I'm like, how did they actually construct this food? And then, yeah. and then when right. I can't answer that, I'm like, okay, like there's some well, weird binding agent like right. to make the flour stick. Yeah, like there's always <laughs> something that they're like, it's like, oh. And if you show it to someone who knows what they're talking about, they can probably identify like, oh, that's the ingredient that's like making this whole thing a problem. Yeah. I think you don't want to drive yourself crazy and right, I'm trying not to do tacos that. are delicious. You know, yeah. if you want to use a siete wrap and have taco night one night, like, I mean, by all means go for it. If you're being, if you're active, it's ne- it's going to do nothing negligent, you know, yeah. nothing negative to your health. Um, and yeah, they're a great, they're a great company. They make good stuff. So yeah, yeah. that, I mean, that's one of the things that we also did learn. Like we, it's, it's all about your, like the mental before like anything else, like you have to figure out, your emotional eating before you figure out what you're eating. You exactly. Know, like that, that kind of thing. Like if you're eating f- two CHA wraps a day, every day, even though they're technically fine for you, why are you eating that like so much? Like what are you, why are you going for it? Yeah. That kind of thing. Good point. And that's kind of, a, that's something that is like really hard. Like you can't just turn that off the way you can be like, I'm not eating carbs this week. Like you can't turn off your emotional eating mm-hmm. patterns that you have built in as like survival mechanisms for your entire life. Like that's not going to go away. That has like a whole other world of something to deal it's, with, it's with deep. like sometimes with a therapist, sometimes like with a health coach or something. And it's just, it's like really, if you want to, something else that we talk about a lot, we're like, if, if like being wellness people could be our full-time job, <laughs> we feel like we would have it much easier because then we wouldn't, we would, could always be focusing on that. But like, that's not a realistic life for people. Right. Except for maybe you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I somehow find a way to make it work. Um, all right. So I got one more question for you guys and then we're going to wrap up. But before we get to that. Uh, where can my listeners connect with you guys, obsess over your work? Tell us where they can pre-order your new your new book, what it's called. Okay. The new book is called When's Happy Hour? Work Hard So You Can Hardly Work. You can pre-order it at Betches, B-E-T-C-H-E-S dot co, C-O slash W-H-H. Um, it's anywhere books are sold. Anywhere books are sold. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Target. We wrote a whole like thing just especially for Target. Um you can go to Betches.com <laughs> at Betches to follow our podcast, Diet Starts Tomorrow. 
anywhere podcasts are probably where you can listen to this podcast you can find diet starts tomorrow um our instagram is shockingly at diet starts tomorrow <laughs> and um did i miss anything we have so many other things that you can follow and read just go to betches.com we have it all at the very top you can follow our personal instagrams <laughs> if you like yeah i'm it's at sammy fish aileen is at aileen it's just like my dog you have a unique thing. spelling for your name yes my i'm russian my family was like oh here's just a bunch of letters together <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's where you can find us <laughs> yeah. nice yeah. yeah yeah guys go subscribe to diet starts tomorrow these ladies are amazing all right last question what i asked everybody who's been on the show uh what to you is the definition of a genius life what does it mean to you to live like a genius you can you can answer together you can each answer it's up to you i i feel like whatever makes you happy is like knowing yourself and then and then live it, you know, figuring out who you are, what do you value, what do you like versus like what have people made you like based on like your upbringing or your friends or just sort of like the path you were kind of like destined or assumed to take. Um, getting to know yourself, what is really true about yourself, like what are your boundaries, like what do you feel comfortable with and then living in accordance with that even when it's like kind of annoying. Yeah, I agree <laughs> with you. Like just knowing yourself, not really like understanding what your fears are, trying not to live from that. Um, fearless. Being fearless, not being judgmental person, and just like knowing yourself and, and going from that, I think is my answer. Brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. Genius. Genius. <laughs> the genius life. <laughs> the genius life. Yeah. Man, you guys are awesome. Keep doing what you do. Thank you. Thank you. And, and the feeling uh, is mutual. Thank you guys so much. This was a real pleasure. And to all you guys out there listening in podcast land, thank you for tuning in. As always, this has been another episode of The Genius Life. Peace. <laughs>